Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Watch podcast series. I'm John Briggs, Global Head of Death Strategy. This series helps you cut through the noise of global financial markets with a quick take on the upcoming trends to watch. Hello, everyone. Another interesting week in the markets, though next week should prove to be perhaps one of the more important weeks in some time. If you recall in our last podcast, we talked about how the Bank of Canada may have kicked off the transition from what we were thinking of as the Goldilocks phase in 2021 to the taper phase as the Bank of Canada and as we move towards other central banks, cutting their bond purchase program. And this is where the Bank of England and my special guest, Theo Chapsalis, comes in for the Bank of England next week. Meanwhile, this past week, we had both the Bank of Japan and the U.S. Federal Reserve. Neither meeting amounted to much, with Powell pressed by the media on taper timing, but pretty much refusing to take the bait. As a reminder, we see the Fed starting to communicate taper more likely in the fall, but that means the market should start looking at discussing this and thinking about the implications in the next few months, and in fact, that's what we're starting to do now. One thing I do want to make clear, when the word taper arises, uh, it brings back fears of interest rates rocketing higher, credit spreads widening, risk assets uh, selling off, the dollar strengthening on a flight to quality bid. It's not usually associated with pleasant things. However, I don't think this is going to be the market reaction as we head through next week and even as we head through the next several months discussing the Fed's tapering. First, as we all know, we already had an upward adjustment yields in the first quarter, which did bring with it a fair amount of volatility. Part of that was based on strong upward move in expectations for growth and inflation, itself implying central bank accommodation may not be as needed for as long as we were originally expecting. Second, that strong growth itself is a tailwind for credit, equities, and riskier assets. The face of what is going to amount to really only slightly less accommodation from still very accommodative central banks. While this time around, as we all know, fiscal policy also remains very, very supportive. In the past taper fear episodes, you usually didn't have that supportive fiscal policy, never mind a huge amount of fiscal stimulus that's currently in the system. So while this process, we do expect to bring higher yields, and we're bearish US and UK when it comes to bonds, I don't think that it is going to be a terribly disruptive episode. I don't think the next several months are going to have that kind of volatility on a medium-term basis that we saw perhaps in the first quarter. I do think that there will be increasing periods of volatility, moments where there's announcements or events that do bring in some volatility into all asset classes, including risk assets. But on the medium term, if you look at after month after month after month, I think the positive growth tailwinds that we're experiencing as these economies reopen is going to remain supportive. So all that said, one of the potential periods of volatility is this coming week. So I've, I have dropped the subject of the Bank of England a few times here. So let me turn to it directly. And again, I'm joined by our head of UK rate strategy, Theo Chapsalis, today. So Theo, preview the Bank of England for us. And what are we looking for regarding to tapering specifically? Sure. So next week will be a decisive week for the UK. We expect the Bank of England to reduce the weekly pace of purchases from around 4.44 billion to 3.6 billion, the pace of net issuance. So the difference between the pace of gross issuance and that of BOE purchases is probably the most critical number for gills. One of the main reasons why we were bullish gills in 2020 was a low level of net issuance, which provided a very strong support and kept UK yields low. We expect the announcement to have more of a level impact, so to be more significant for the level of yields rather than the slope of the curve. And in fact, we believe that the curve will bow out, so we do expect 
basically 10 years to be the part of the curve that will underperform. In fact, this week, we increase our conviction in our short view in 10-year yields, where we target 1%. But let's talk about other possible trades. One of the most consensus trades in the UK right now is steepeners, back-end steepeners, for example, 10s, 30s, or 20s, 30s. The problem with that is that this is a trade that we have heard a lot of and we've seen it be a very logical and very reasonable and a very much consensus trade. So what we think is that even though there may be some rationale for steepening, actually such positions may struggle and we caution against such trades. Now, what do we think about the curve? We think that there is value actually at the front end of the curve. The front end of the curve is still fairly low. So while there will be a lot of discussion and there will be a lot of focus on the tapering and the pace, we think that the market has not paid enough attention at the front end of the curve where we do expect an upward revision with regards to GDP and inflation. Stronger GDP and stronger inflation data create tailwinds for higher rates at that part of the curve. So we think that this is a part where investors should look at for potential. Finally, I would like to close with inflation. And we've seen across different geographies, inflation expectations rise. In the UK, inflation expectations have also risen. However, they have risen from a very high level already. So the potential for further rises is limited. With that in mind, we think that the announcement of tapering and any slowdown in purchases will actually weigh also on the inflation market as the whole mantra of ultra-dovish central banks is getting softer and softer. Thanks, Theo. That's interesting because you talk about how the pressure should start moving a little bit to the front of the curve as the Bank of England's, you know, as the market starts thinking about sequencing to potential hikes. I mean, I know that we're very far away on actual hikes, but this is a point that I've been making myself when it comes to the U.S., where you don't necessarily need to believe the central bank's going to hike personally in the time frame to think that the market's going to price in some probability that they may. So I have a very similar approach when it comes to our, our bearish outlook in the U.S. We actually think it is going to be a little bit more in the front end of the curve. And again, that might not grab the headlines of you know 10-year yield soaring higher. It's more in that five-year sector for us. And so very similar reaction expected over the next, not just I mean, the Bank of England's next week, so we expect a more visceral reaction there in, in UK markets. But that pressure point moving in the curve a little bit, I think, is some a similarity both in the UK and the US amongst many similarities, such as their reopenings and the and the speed of the recoveries here. So um, just wanted to point out that there, there is, again, some consistency in our views here between uh, both the UK and the US. Um, thanks very much. That's all we're going to have for this week. Appreciate you joining us, Theo, and uh, everybody have a great week. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Weekly Watch. Please subscribe to our channel to get future episodes. We also encourage you to explore more of our content on our website and other social media channels.